Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. We are less than 24 hours away from draft day. Um, I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight, my football comrades, Eddie Midram. How's it going, Matt? It's going good, man. How are you? Super. And also with us, um, returning from his football hiatus, now that his baseball season's over, um, Mr. Shane Stein. Great to be back, Matt. Yeah, now you, um, you know, this is the first time in a while that you have not been invested in baseball coming into a football league. I mean, we still have a couple teams, but they're they're a little less enticing to you personally than the uh, ones that we've been in the past. So how how much of a change is this for you? Um, Not really. I'm going to come in tomorrow just about as unprepared as I usually do. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> um, it seemed to work out for me last year, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe I can focus a little more on the first uh, few weeks of the season here. Maybe it'll make a difference. Um, yeah, you dominated the regular season last year, so maybe that maybe this is gonna work out for you. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I feel like, I don't remember correctly. I think I got off to a little bit of a slow start, like two and two, something like that, and then the middle of the year when I finally got some running backs, uh, the Gore pickup, and then the D'Angelo Williams thing kind of took off from there, but. Other than that, it's a typical slow start for, for the Fighting Schlickers. Yeah, so it's 10 o'clock on Thursday night. By this time tomorrow night, Spears will be done drafting. Um, he's got to leave for work around 9.45, so he's, he's going to be in and out in about three hours. He's, he's coming in ready to spend money, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, spoke with uh, spoke with Spears tonight, actually, and he, uh, he pretty much emphasized that point to me. He said, uh, I think it was something like $182 he worked out on uh, about four or five players. <laughs> so he's going to do some spending early. So it uh, looks like no one's going to be going cheap tomorrow night. That's for uh, that's for sure, especially in the early going. All right, so with that being said, I'm curious to hear. We're just going to kind of run through each guy in the league. This is going to be pretty much a league-driven podcast tonight. Um Give me your three most likely big spenders, um, the guys that are going to be out there throwing bucks around early out of the group. Ed, you first. Um, I think the top two are definitely Spears and Fegley. Um, just because they have the cash, I don't think Fegley's going to want to see what happened to him last year. I think he's going to jump out there early and try and get the big-name guys um, to solidify a team that can hang around for more than a couple weeks this year. Spears made it made it no, no guessing game that he's going to be spending the money. Um, I guess just because of draft strategy that we've seen and some rumblings, I, I guess third, I'm going to have to say it's Butler, just because that was his strategy last year to throw the dough early and then piece it together late in the draft later when he's really not even paying attention. So I think that he's going to be spending early as well, even though he doesn't really have the cap to do it. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, this is a tough question. This is uh, going to be interesting because we have a couple unknowns coming into the draft. Um, None of us have really been in in a league where we redrafted in a keeper league with the auction, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone in the league has. Nope. Um, so that that's certainly going to make a big difference with the wide gap and who the top guys are with cash and bottom. But I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that our unknown man in the league, Dylan Bull, is not going to be throwing some cash around. He has a lot of cash to spend. 
I think he's, he's over 200, he told me, I believe. 201, I think he said. Yeah, he's at 201. Um, I don't want to interrupt you here, but just to talk about bowl, and I think this just happens when it's your first time doing an auction. Um, I think you just have a tendency to get pushed around a little bit. So that's my one fear for him is that he gets pushed around just because he's never done this before. So he's either going to throw money around like a drunken sailor because he doesn't know any better <laughs> yeah. or he's going to get pushed around. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's certainly happened to a bunch of people in auctions that I've been in in baseball. I mean, even when you've been in for a while, you sometimes you get pushed around and afraid to throw some money around. So we don't even know what he drafts like if we, we were all playing on an even field. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I feel like he has to with all the money that he has. Um, I'm going to go with Spears, obviously. Uh, I, there's no way he's not going to. But he doesn't even drink, but I feel like he is the definition of a drunken sailor in our <laughs> league. So. And third name I'm going to throw out there, I'm going to go Papa Cos. Yes. Um, he, he proved last year that the last five spots on his roster do not matter to him at draft day. Um, those players are, are all droppable pieces so he's going to throw some money around as well yeah money's not exactly an object to him when it comes to fantasy sports um it's not really money related but in our baseball league he's been out of moves because the max is 30 for about four weeks now i think he's had four players hit the dl this week so he's uh you know he's not really one to play the long game in terms of fantasy <laughs> sports so no he's not playing for uh for december november december right now he's he's playing for september I have to agree with you guys on Fegley. Um, I'm not sure if you said Fegley, but he is pissed off about the way he got pushed around last year. And um, I don't think he's going to definitely shy away from spending money. I've seen Fegley on a blackjack table and a poker (laughs) table before. Um, So knowing that, my man's not afraid to throw, you know, some risks out there. So I would say Fegley's one. I agree with you on the Papakaz thing for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, and I think the third one is probably, I agree, Spears. Yeah, he's just going to go out, and this guy sees $191 to spend. He's going to spend it. So, yeah, I completely forgot about Fegley. you got to throw him in there as well. I always like making that joke, talking about Fegley. If you want to see a person alive, you, <laughs> you watch Anthony Fegley at a blackjack table. I mean, that dude's living. Yeah, so who, who are the three tight pockets in the league? I think number one is a clear-cut me here. Um, I'm pretty much the, the most tight-pocketed person when it comes to drafting, I feel like, in, in most drafts that I'm in. I'm always, always looking for kind of value over over going out and spending. I'm also pretty low on the on the totem pole as far as cash goes, so that's going to take an effect as well. Probably not going to be much of a factor in the early going anyway. Um, 
So I go me. I think, I think that the Fleetwood franchise is going to be a little tighter this year. Um, going out and getting Antonio Brown last year, maybe that strategy wasn't the best. Spending all that money early and, and not having maybe enough in the middle rounds. So I think they might be a little tighter. I don't, I don't know that they're completely going to shut down, but I, I think they might take a little more reserved approach. And I don't know. I don't know if we have another thing. I think I, I'm expecting some fireworks. I don't know if I can really pinpoint someone else that's going to be too tight. Phil's usually a, a kind of a value guy, but last year he went out and, and spent some big money early. So maybe he's a team that takes a different approach this year as well. Um, my three picks are Eddie. I think you're going to be a little tighter. Um, and I think it's just because you have prepared yourself probably more than anybody in the league. So I think you're going to have a hard time going over budget on players because of the prep you've done. Um, there may be some players that you go over for just depending on the spots that they come out in. Um, but I, th- I don't think you're going to spend money foolishly. Um, I fully expect you to have one of the deeper teams in the league because um, I don't think you're a Stars and Scrubs guy. I'll give you a chance to comment on that if you'd like before I keep going. No, I agree. I, I was almost going to put myself in there because, like you said, I, I think I'm not going to spend what I don't have to to get guys. I, I, I don't know if it's a preparation thing. I, I want to be different than I was last year. I feel like I sat around for the first hour and didn't even bid. Father gave me some stuff for that on the side, but... I want to be different this year, but you're right. I'm not going to pay more than I feel like I should for a guy. Um, I felt like coming out of the draft last year, I had one of the deepest teams. The slow start made me trade half of them away, but, um, yeah, I I think that's important. Um, I think Jeremy's going to be tight-pocketed because um, I know he's going to have a budgeted amount for every player that – could potentially be thrown and I know he's not going to go over that because he's just a very numbers oriented person so I know that he's going to he's going to hold true to his numbers because I know he's going to be prepared for tomorrow Um, and the third guy guys um, I think Fleetwood franchise I I agree with you Shane I think they're going to be a little tight um I just I I I know the way Ty is and I know the way Mick is. I know they're not gonna go ten dollars for a defense again. <laughs> and I, I know they're not interested in Antonio Brown because I really felt like they that hindered them last year, uh, putting that money out for him. So the two real unknowns for me in this draft are Schur and Phil. You said Phil you think Phil may be more conservative. I think he's gonna come out throwing money around. Just because Phil is probably the most similar to Fegley at a poker table, so. I mean, I, I've known <laughs> Phil the longest out of anyone in the league, and and I still can't get a read of him. Um, he's a wild card anytime, <laughs> especially football. Um, he seems to just have a different view, and he always has a good team, but he just always seems to take a different approach, more, more of a front office approach than a fantasy approach. I don't know. Um, And sure, I feel like sure, well, obviously he's got two top five players on his team already. um, And he's got some money to spend. 
So he has a chance to do some real damage here, I feel like, if he's willing to pay up for some players. Um, what do you guys feel about Abusement Park? Yeah, I mean, they were a team that pretty much sold off and still almost made the playoffs last year. Um, and then you have you have start off the season with David Johnson and OBJ. I mean, and 176 bucks. I mean, you're sitting in a pretty good spot with the, yeah. with uh, that start. So, I think they'd be disappointed if they didn't leave the draft with with one of the better teams. Um, just being that they start with with those kind of caliber players. Yeah, I think Shane hit the nail on the head. I think if the Abusement Park doesn't come out with the scariest team in the draft. I think they'll be kicking themselves because keeping those two guys, I mean, that's two top five draft picks in a snake draft, uh, potentially top four, and sitting at 176, which is most than probably 50 or 60% of the league. I think you have a real opportunity to build something special. But I also agree with what you said, Kaz, with him being a little bit of a wild card. I'm sitting here thinking back to last year's draft, and I can't remember anything he did. I feel like he was quiet. He was on the opposite side of the table for me. I can't even remember anything he did. Um, he did barely miss the playoffs, but I, I don't remember what his strategy was. So he's kind of a wild card coming in for me as well. Everyone else, I kind of remember how they approached things, but well, not he, him at all. The one thing I do remember is he bid me up on Tom Brady, so he's an asshole there. But uh, and everyone was cheering for him during the during the <laughs> bidding process. <laughs> well, Papa, Papa Kaz said he's throwing Tom Brady with his with his first throw. <laughs> he is coming after you, Shane. <laughs> you are you are in his sights. Um, it's going to be a disappointing. I don't think Brady ends up on on take your ball and go home this year. So it's going to be that's a disappointing thing. I think you're not interested. I, I mean, for the right price, of course, I'm interested. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't think that he ends up on my team. Uh, this year. The one thing I remember about Scherr is leaving the draft, I felt like he had a top three team. Um, he ran into some bad luck with Marshawn Lynch. So that was a little problematic for him, but I do remember feeling like he had a good team when we left the draft. Um, if you guys can fill some time for me here, I might be able to find um, what he actually left the draft with and we can take a look at it. Yes, absolutely. I had a question for Ed. Uh, I think you can jump in when you're done. You're, you're looking. Um, maybe we were going to get into it. Maybe we were not. We didn't script tonight. Um, who do you think goes into the draft in the best situations or just with the best team? Because um, I'm certainly, I think, Abusement Park is probably number one on our list. Um, I, I feel like I have to throw the St. Louis Patriots in there. Um, you can't really go wrong with keeping Cam and Julio. Um, they won't have nearly as much draft cash as Abusement Park, but those two players are obviously top-tier guys. And, and then I'm looking for a third right now. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Perkyum and Power. I like their keepers. And, I, I, of course, I like the Desert Dogs again. I like I love Gurley. Love Mar- I don't love Martin, but he's still a, a number one running back. Yeah, I think one you missed that I'd, I'd slot into the two slot, for me, right behind Abusement Park, I think is bold. Um Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, late first round, second round guys, depending on how drafts go, and the most cap space of the draft. I really like his position. Um, I think with those two receivers, he doesn't really have to jump into the big wide receiver battles. I think he has, I mean, he can go get one and and still be okay. I think he has an opportunity to stack uh, some good running back talent with him and, and really come out with a deep team with those two guys being kept at 9 and $15. Um, I think he's definitely someone to watch out for. 
Yeah, that was an oversight on my part. I mean, I was just browsing quickly here. This is the first time I'm actually looking at our draft sheet. Um, but yeah, he, he's certainly in a good spot with 201 bucks and those two receivers on his team. Um, I kind of I kind of like Spears' team too. I'm a, I'm huge on Amari Cooper. Um, obviously, if Jordy Nelson can come back anywhere close to where he was, um, having those two players is is a great start with all that cash. Yeah, I agree. I, I like those two keepers. I'm just wondering how they finish if they don't finish around you know the 15 mark, and if he doesn't stack another good receiver with them. As many position slots as we fill in our league and the starting lineup with the extra flex, you're going to need someone else there to go with them, I think. Um, who, do you, who do you cite as kind of behind the eight ball, Shane? Behind the eight ball? Um... I mean, the number one for me, I think, has to be uh, Butler. You ha- I mean, I, I get you have to keep Freeman at $5. <clears throat> um I think Freeman's a little undervalued, actually, in a lot of the snake drafts uh, for being the number one running back. But I think there is going to be a fall-off there with him this year. And I just have this weird feeling that he's going to view him as his RB1 and be okay with taking guys later, and I think it's going to bite him. Um, A.J. Green kept at $45. I'm not sure how much of a value there is there on that. Um, and put himself down at 132 which I believe, yes, is the lowest going into it. Um, I think he's a little bit hampered going in. Yeah, certainly with, with having only $132 to spend, um, you have to pretty much hit on your keepers. Um, I know we, we've all questioned Devontae Freeman a number of times in this offseason. Um, he can't possibly put up the, the numbers that he did for that four- or five-week stretch last year. We don't think anyway. Maybe he can. Um I don't. I don't know that it's going to happen, but I still. I still think Freeman's a, a val, valid play at running back. Just like you're saying, I don't know that he's a, a top tier RB one like he was last year for half the season. All right, so I got I got Schur's draft, um, and I noticed that I had him third in the power rankings after the draft, and I'm looking at this team, and I must have been drunk when I did the power rankings. <laughs> um, his quarterback was Matt Stafford. I think we all liked Stafford coming into last year, and then things didn't work out. Um, running backs were Marshawn Lynch and Frank Gore. We all loved Lynch coming into last year, and we were excited about Gore being in what we thought was good Colts offense. Wide receivers were Odell Beckham and Jordan Matthews. Um, I was higher than anyone on the Eagles last year. <laughs> I was poor. Um Obviously, Beckham's a stud. His tight end was Jordan Cameron, and his flexes were Brashad Perryman and Charles Johnson. That's weak sauce. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and his bench was Darren Sproles, Devontae Parker, Eddie Royal, Max Williams, Colin Kaepernick, and Jonas Gray. That is a terrible football team. <laughs> <laughs> that only um, is rivaled, I feel like, by your squad that was drafted. Yeah, my team was bad. Um <laughs> Are we sure that I know what I'm doing going into this? <laughs> that's, that's the first are we sure question of the night. Um, yeah, that, that is poor. Um, Alright, I'm going to throw up if I keep looking at this. <laughs> back to back to 
the behind the eight ball, any other teams you guys think? I'm I'm, I'm going to say, even though he has a lot of money to spend, I, I still am going to say the Cooper Klux Klan, just because obviously the Josh Gordon thing is boomer bust, man. Yeah, he's smoking um, right now. That's what Spears said the same thing tonight. I mean, he's, he's sitting somewhere on his way to Goodell's office smoking a blunt. Um, if he comes back, and he, we, we all know he can be a great player, but is he going to see the field? Um, can he keep himself in line? Because um, if you don't and you, you missed out on that keeper, that obviously hurts. And then Golden Tate, does he step into a number one receiver role now that he, he should get more of a, a workload with Calvin gone? Um, it's, a, it's a wait and see thing for me. So th- there's a bunch of things that could happen there for uh, for the clan that i uh, got to wait and see on. Here's my sleeper um, behind the eight ball pick. It's Papa Kaz. Um Reason why I think he is behind the eight ball is because he doesn't have a lot of money to spend comparatively to everybody else, and um, because of that, he's going to find himself in some bidding wars that I don't think he can win, um, and I think it has the potential to put him on tilt. Um, I think I agree with you, Shane. Obviously, we know his bench is going to be a church just coming out of tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> And that's fine. He'll probably have $25 of fab spent before week (laughs) one. So that's not a problem for him. But um, I do think he's going to find himself in some bidding wars for some players that he wants that he's he's just going to get outbid for. So I I think he put himself behind the eight ball keeping Julio Jones as much as I like Julio. It's it's interesting you brought that up because two, two of our biggest spenders last year were Papa Kaz and Butler. And those are two of the low guys on the totem pole, along with you and me, um, as far as cash goes. So are they going to be able to win those bids for players um, like they did last year with A.J. Green, uh, Julio Jones, um, blanking on who else the other big spenders were? Uh, Phil. They got Phil. Well, I mean, that Butler and Papa uh, Butler, Butler spent his money on basically Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Julio Jones and A.J. Green. Yeah. And Papa Kaz spent his money on... Rodgers, I believe. Rodgers, DeMarco Murray, Justin Forsett, Mark Ingram, Randall Cobb, DeAndre Hopkins, and Greg Olson. I mean, Greg Olson was his lowest starter at 17 bucks, um, But all those players were between 17 and 37 The one place I know Papa Kaz isn't going to spend money on this year is he's not going to go 37 for a quarterback. Um, so that's going to be a big change, and I think he's going to be able to allocate some of the, Well, obviously, he has a quarterback for $6 right now, so that's stupid to even bring up. But um, that's just – I know he's going to allocate those funds probably, to, I'm guessing, to his running game. Yeah, I don't, I don't really view him coming in from behind the eight ball because he came in $10 to the good on his draft cap, um, acquiring some through trades, so – I mean, yeah, he spent 54 on Julio Jones, but he, you're going to spend that anyway. Um, I just think he's he's done his spending in in uh, keepers rather than jumping out in that first round, the first throwouts, you know, that the first round talent. Now he doesn't really have to jump out there because he already has. Um, so that, that's the way I see it. Like you said, he's not going to spend 37 for a quarterback because he already has one, so... Yeah, he, I just know he's got a 
it's got a long list of uh, players that he wants, and I'm just interested to see uh, if he runs into some guys, um, what what happens for him. So, yeah, it's kind of the big underlying factor. Of what's going to happen tomorrow night? Um, are the guys with more money going to be able to push around the teams that don't have the money? Yeah, I mean, that's what's. Yeah, because the guys that don't have money, and I say this as figurative as I can, the guys that don't have the money are the guys in the league that I know have balls. <laughs> um, the guys that have the money are the guys that lost last year yeah. <laughs> because of the way they drafted, most likely. more So um, these guys are going to have to make a conscious effort to have a change in approach this year. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's break things up here with a quick trivia question. Um, the top three players in our league last year were all quarterbacks. Can you guys name them? This is a three-parter. Cam Newton. Cam Newton was number one, 393.1 points. Tom Brady. Tom Brady was second. 352.2 points. Ed, you care to say who's third? He took the two easy ones because we're on his team. <laughs> <laughs> um, Number three. I'm, I'm, I'm searching for three now. If it's Blake Bortles, I'm going to be really disappointed. I feel like it might be. <laughs> I'll say it. Blake Bortles. It's not Blake Bortles. Carson Palmer. It's not Carson Palmer. Uh, Bortles was fourth and Palmer was fifth. Drew Brees. All around it. Drew Brees was sixth. <laughs> Got it surrounded. Who are we missing? I want to say Philip Rivers, but... No, nah, Rivers was uh, tenth quarterback. Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson was third, 337.3 points. Um, quick aside here before we get to the rest of the trivia question. Why is he being overlooked? I feel like we haven't talked about him at all. How much do you think he goes for tomorrow night? That's that's another another key thing for me in the draft tomorrow. What, what are the quarterback pricings going to be like? Um, if I had to guess, Wilson goes somewhere between 15 and 20. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's high, um, but you know, I I don't know. We had I such think. a disparity last year between quarterback spending. I mean, you had Rodgers for thirty-seven. You said yeah. Luck was up there. 30, Luck was thirty-seven as well. Luck was thirty-seven, and um, then next was Breeze for sixteen, um, Romo for twelve. And then Brady for eleven. Brady and Manning were eleven dollars a piece. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> bad. That was really bad. Um, so yeah, so that, that's going to be interesting to find out. Um, I don't think we have a quarterback go for more than twenty five dollars tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to uh, be really hard not to go twenty six on Aaron Rodgers though. Yeah, yeah. I mean. How much do you buy into having that top tier quarterback? I mean, do you want the guarantee of 
of Aaron Rodgers for a high price, or are you willing to play the kind of the quarterback carousel and maybe trying to find someone that just fits week in week out? Um, that's kind of kind of where we're at. I don't, I don't know. We're not going to know until we get there to try to figure out what teams are going to do. All right. Um, next question for you guys. Uh, Devontae Freeman and Adrian Peterson were the top two running backs in our league last year. Can you guys tell me who numbers three, four, and five were? Actually, three, four, five, and six. Gurley was seven. I'll give you guys that one. This is astounding. And I almost want to say, are we sure these numbers are right that I'm looking at? But Mark they, Ingram's in there. Mark Ingram is not in there. Wow. Remember, he got hurt at the end of the year. That's true. Um, Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart is not there. Two of these players were kept. Two of them were thrown back in. The Duggernaut? Duggernaut was third. Uh, 220.8. Last year was miserable for running backs. Um, Means the other one has to be David Johnson? No, no. David Johnson was not there. He didn't play enough. Who the hell's the one that was kept then? Lamar Miller? Lamar Miller was the fifth best running back, so we need four and six. top 50 that I have here. D'Angelo Williams? D'Angelo Williams was fourth in our league last year. 215.4 points. Eddie, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's amazing to me that he... I mean, he had a monster season last year. So we need we need number six? Yeah, how much does D'Angelo go for tomorrow? Ten? I was thinking eight, but... Ten sounds about right, somewhere in there. Yeah. Maybe he gets the double digits, maybe he doesn't. All right, I don't think you guys will get number six. Um, it was Danny Woodhead. <laughs> no. Another just... You know, we are half PPR, so this is obviously more his format than standard, but he's a guy that I'm just not excited about coming into tomorrow night, but maybe I should be. I don't think the Chargers are going to be any better this year than they were last year. I can't imagine them being a much better team. I mean, I don't know how that correlates fantasy-wise, but maybe that helps him. <laughs> he seems to get a lot of jump-off passes when they're losing. Um Seems to be one of River's favorite targets, so. Alright, last question. True or false? We had five DSTs in our top 50 scoring last year. Well, just the fact that you 
proposing this, I'm going to say true. Eddie? The answer is a technical false because we had six <laughs> <laughs> DSTs in our top 50. So my question for you is, for you guys is, um, should we maybe be spending more than $1 on a DST? Well, I'll put it this way. The Broncos were Phil's best player yeah, last the team, year. The teams were the Broncos, the Chiefs, um, the Cardinals, the Panthers, the Seahawks, and the Texans. I mean, the Broncos were Phil's best player last yeah, year. Yeah, they were um, really good. <laughs> they, they were they, putting up. Uh, they were better than all of the running backs except for Freeman and Peterson. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, to answer your question, I, I think I'd have to say yes. <laughs> I mean, I think we all undervalue them because I, we see points on the rise in the NFL. Yeah. Um, scoring seems to be a lot easier nowadays. See, defense kind of gets overlooked, but, I mean, just looking at the season the Broncos put up, I don't know that anyone can really match the, the output that they put up last year. They scored so many touchdowns on defense that it was insane. But clearly there there's a bunch of defenses out there that average, I'm guessing, somewhere in the double-digit range. The Texans were sixth, and they averaged 12.7. I'd imagine there's a couple after them, too, no. if I look. Yeah, so you're, you're looking at... Just about, I would say, every starting defense in the top 12, which should be started every week, are, are double-digit outputs. Outputs. So. 12, 12 defenses averaged more than 10 points a game last year. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly I, I, I'd have to say yes. <laughs> so is that is that should we spend more than a dollar, or is that the quarterback theory that if there's 12 defenses that can average 10 a week, doesn't matter which one you have? It's four to five points a week between one and twelve. I don't know. And do do we know who those defenses are? I mean, I, th- I think for me, um, it kind of changes throughout the year enough for me to say that I, I'm not going to get too wild on defensive spending. But I, I certainly just looking at the numbers feel like the value is definitely worth more than one dollar. Yeah, I feel like I shouldn't have asked that as a trivia question because I feel like I could have maybe <laughs> spent a little more on the Broncos or someone. And, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe some guys in the league won't listen to this and maybe we all get good defenses <laughs> for two or three bucks tomorrow night. I hope so. Eddie, the Steelers were not in the top 12. It's because we have yards allowed. <clears throat> I disagree on that, but that's fine. All right. Um, third in the league in picks and third in the league in sacks. So if you take out yards allowed, they would be there. Yeah, I guess. Um, all right. So let's go through each guy in the league. And I just want to get a, a brief... Uh, I don't want a brief synopsis of what you guys are expecting from that owner tomorrow night. How's that sound? Let's do it. Um, all right, so we'll start with uh, the defending champ, the Denver Desert Dogs. Crickets. <laughs> I'm expecting crickets for a good hour. Uh, 
I'm expecting crickets for a good hour out of the defending champ. Um, I need to hear why. I think that he has put himself in a position where he is underplaying how much he has prepared for this draft. Um, he knows how important it would be to repeat to him. <laughs> and he knows his values pretty well that and his cash situation that not going to be spending too much early. Can't go home with it. I I hear you, man. I disagree. I don't think he's going to be silent at all. I think I think Kaz might be one of the two to three tone setters of the draft. I think he's going to make sure the prices are right. I think he's going to try and find himself in a comfortable position money-wise after some of the big names are gone by making sure that the price is right to get himself in a good position. Uh, I think he's too savvy to just sit back and not bid and let people get get prices where he knows he could get them up 4 or $5 and that all makes a difference. Yeah, I don't feel like I can afford to not bid because last year I didn't bid and last year I had the worst team ever. So I'm not saying you're not going to bid. Uh, I just don't know that you win a bid early unless it's uh, maybe a, a savvy throw by yourself throwing a player that may be off some radars. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple early throws in mind. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I can't. Now that you said that, I can't do that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, since you just cut me up left and right, uh, let's start talking about you. Um, go ahead, Eddie. I'm trying to figure out what I want to say about this clown. <laughs> um, I think we're I think we're gonna see the same shame we saw last year. I think he's gonna pound the running backs and kept Evans and kept Edelman. Obviously, likes them both. Um, I like Evans. No one's gonna like Edelman as much as Shane does. I think we're gonna see him pound the running backs. I think he, I think he probably leaps out there for one if he can. If the price is right, um, I'll say the same about him. I think, I think he's downplaying how prepared he is for this. Yeah, he might not be looking at the auction numbers and stuff, but I know he's got guys in his mind that he wants. Um, there's no way that Shane's walking in here blind and just bidding on people not knowing anything. I don't buy it for a second. <laughs> All right, I think I think running backs are going to be priced out of Shane's range, and I know he likes to normally get um, a strong RB one, but I feel like he's going to be getting. A lot of Jeremy Langford type players, guys that could break into the top twelve or could not be starters after week two. I feel like he's going to get try to get five or six of those, and I feel like he's going to take a different approach and try to be strong at quarterback and tight end this year. So, crickets. <laughs> I think it's going to be crickets for me too. Uh, I think I'm going to be pretty silent or in the early going. Um, I, I think me and you are. I think our strategies have to be pretty similar. I mean, yeah, my other, strategy is to beat you. You're just to beat me. <laughs> other than the fact that you have two running backs and I have two receivers, so we'll probably be targeting a different area as far as starting players on our team. Um, but I, I honestly don't know that we're going to be able to to win too many bids in the early going unless they're players that that we threw out ourselves that maybe we we have value on that other teams don't. I feel like I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow because everything that I say to you guys. You say different. Like, I thought, I'm going to come out here guns blazing tomorrow. You're telling me I shouldn't talk. So, 
I'm confused. I'm not saying what you should do. I'm saying what I think is going to happen. Oh, I hate this already. Um, <laughs> all right, next, Phil. Sea Wolves. Other than talking shit on Eddie all night. <laughs> this is a correct terminology but I'm going to say overly crafty for Phil um, he's going to get cute he's going to he's gonna, there you go that's a much better, better way of putting it he's going to get cute um, seems like Phil always gets cute with a few picks yeah. cute's um, an actual an actual thing other than overly crafty I've never heard that before so. <laughs> I was trying to find the right words um, I'm trying to think of a, like one word for every team but yeah Phil always seems to be pretty cute during the drafts um, you know he's always a guy that's going to save a few bucks for the end um, to maybe get one of his deep sleepers on his team, he's always a, a dollar. John, John Gusek Burn, <laughs> a dollar drafter at the end of the draft, where he's gonna pick a couple of guys that he's been reading up on in the off season. So you can always expect that out of him. Well, one thing that I know Phil usually does is uh, he values the quarterback heavily, more heavily than anybody else in our leagues. He's usually a second round quarterback guy. And snake drafts, and last year we saw him go 37 for Andrew Luck. Um, I wonder if he takes that strategy again. That's one thing I'm kind of wondering. And just from the one off-season talk I had with Phil, um, he was really trying to get Antonio Brown for me. And that leads me to believe that he's going to be in on that bidding. Which, he has to get thrown in the first 12 players, right? Yeah. Does he get past you? No. Okay. No, I'll throw him out. <laughs> I feel like that's whenever Brown gets thrown, that's when this draft's going to start moving. I feel like there's a lot of people that want to see if they get Brown before they make moves on other players. It's kind of like a couple years ago, um, people were kind of pussyfooting around in our baseball draft until Miggy went out, and then things got weird. Yeah. So, um, I know there's a lot of guys including myself, interested to see what Brown goes for. And I think once that happens, we're all going to know a little better where we stand. Just a one-word answer. Does Brown break his salary record from last year's draft? Absolutely. Ed? Yes. I'll round it out, yes. Next group... Cooper Klux Klan. Deadly. I'm going to try and jump on the Shane train here. I'll start trying to come with one word rather than just telling you where <laughs> I think they're going. Um, I think the Cooper Klux Klan will be drafting angry. <laughs> um, he's obviously irritated about last year. I think he's going to be angry and aggressive, and I think he's going to try and build himself a squad. He's not the type of guy, I don't know him that well, but he's definitely not the type of guy that likes a bad taste in his mouth about Competing, I get that sense from him immediately. So I think he's gonna make sure he has something he can compete with this year. I was gonna go with uh, determined. Yeah, he's gonna be determined to prove that last year was a uh, was a fluke. Obviously, some unforeseen injuries 
derailed his season. So Fegley's going to be determined to uh, put together a nice squad. Uh, I'm going to say unconventional because um, just the two years I've played fantasy football with this guy, he's done some things that make you turn your head, um, but they're guys that he believes in. And more often than not, he's usually right about them. Um, but he's not afraid to swing and miss. And I think that the keepers that he has out there uh, definitely are a testament to the fact that he's not afraid to swing and miss. So um, I could see Fegley doing some, some weird things tomorrow night, but I'm excited to see it. I think he's excited to show all of us, too. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a plan. He said there's, like I said last podcast... Four to seven guys that he's leaving with, no matter what it costs him to get it. So, should be fun. Can't wait. Uh, fifth guy, um, the hammer, Kevin Butler. Ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> and everything he does, down to the comments he makes, the players he drafts, the prices he pays, probably for the players he throws out. <laughs> Say loose. <laughs> Kev's gonna be loose like he always is. There's there's not much that Kev does that he's not uh loose and uh open and free willing about, so he he he's an open bag. He he's gonna go after a guy that he likes early and uh he's gonna get him. <laughs> Kev's gonna be Vincent Jackson and Marcus Colston. <laughs> not even sure Colston's still in the league, but I'm not sure if Butler knows he is either. Um he seems to own those two guys every year. Um, yeah, he's, so. Vincent Jackson's going to be on the squad. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. We have to remind him that Heath Miller did retire. He cannot draft him. Um. The other thing, he's probably going to be late. Um, <laughs> so, I think that goes more towards Eddie's ignorant thing, too. So, um, he'll probably text us at 6.20 and say, guys, got to stop at Sheets for a hot dog quick. <laughs> uh, hot dog with cheese. I'll be there in a little bit, so... Uh, sixth, the ginger dead. I'm sorry, the Perkyoman power. Um, so that uh, that name change got over overridden by everybody. Um, <laughs> dude's a clown. So what do we got from, coming from Jeremy tomorrow night? I'm gonna go with calculated. Ooh, I stole <laughs> my word. same page mine was analytical um jeremy certainly likes to get into into that part of the fantasy football world he's very like you said calculated individual as far as his moves and his team um he has a not to steal from albright here but a different way of thinking when it comes to fantasy football and seems to work out for him though he always seems to put together a good draft um had a really strong team last year so um i think he's gonna be pissed because he's not going to spend the prices that need to be spent to get players that we, that he wants. And he's going to be probably really annoyed about that fact. Um, you know, last year we saw him spend for Des Bryant and Adrian Peterson. Um, 
and Lamar Miller, but I feel like he got those guys at their book prices last year. So, um, the the beginning of the draft is going to be very telling, I think, for how how he's going to go. You know, I could see a lot of those. I could see a lot of fifth to sixth round guys on his team for good prices, um, rather than top talent. I think his team's going to be deep, um, but I don't think it's going to be very um, star studded. So, I think he's okay with that, though. He's he's looking for averages, not high weeks. So. Um, all right, seventh team, Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. Okay, threw me for a loop there. You went opposite on the on the chart. I'm doing I'm doing it in clockwise. clockwise. Well, I'll go last since it's me. <laughs> what? I'll go last since it's me. That's how we always do it. All right. I'm gonna go with soft. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Up. I just have to think back to last year when Filer was like, "Shit, I didn't even know you were here." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with savvy. Um, I think there's going to be some savvy moves by Ed tomorrow. Um, certainly, I think that you are the most prepared person going into this draft. I mean, I can't account for everyone. I obviously don't know. But I know that you've put in a lot of drafts, a lot of work in the in the past month or so. So I, I can't imagine that there's not going to be some some uh, savvy moves that you've drawn up. I'm going to say trendy. Um I think you're you're not going to draft anybody that there's been a bad report about in the last week. You're pretty heavy on the camp reports and the fantasy analysis reports, um, and I think you're going to stay true to that. So you're not going to get anybody that there's a question about. Um, you know, maybe people that don't have good seasons, but I think all of your guys, um, I'd say popular opinion will be feeling good about those players heading into this year. Fair enough. I'm going to go with thorough. <laughs> I, I, my, my intention is to, to really leave no stone unturned here. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm well-read going into this last year. I had absolutely no strategy. I just kind of sat there and let the first hour of the draft pass me by and then tried to kick it in gear and overspent for a Calvin Johnson. Um, I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think I'm going to be thorough with what I'm doing and, and, and know what I'm doing as I'm doing it. All right, Bull Weevils. Um, I'll go with confused <laughs> because I, he didn't do it last year. and Like I said with me last year, it, it's a confusing process when you're your first auction draft. I, th- I think some of us felt that way last year and uh, some of us just came to throw around money, but I think he might be confused on some of the values he sees, especially because they're going to be a bit skewed because of the keepers and extra draft cash. I, I think he's going to come in seeing something he's not expecting to see. Yeah, I, I was going to go with aloof, <laughs> um, but also unknown. Um, for the little time that I've known Bull in the past couple years, um, it's not really easy for me to determine what he's going to be like in the draft room. I could see him going either way. I could see him going wild spender, and I could see him being outbid on just about every guy in the early going. I'm not really sure which direction it's going to go. Yeah, I guess um, a word to describe Bull would be carefree when it comes to this thing. Um, you're not going to find a better dude in this league than him. Um, so I think he's going to be okay with getting pushed around a little bit because... <laughs> He's going to just move on to the next potential target. Um, 
think he's going to have a hard time spending on a player if there's a, an equivalent talent in his eyes um, that he can get. He'll just say, you know, on to the next one. So eventually, though, when you have that strategy, and I think Eddie and I ran into that last year, when you have that on to the next one strategy, um, at one point in the draft, there isn't a next one. And I think me and you both ran into that last year. So it's going to be a learning experience for him. Um, he's probably better off just having Filer do it for him again. But <laughs> I think Filer's on a, unavailable tomorrow night. So good luck, Bull. Uh, next would be Team Shits Ice Cream Spears. I'm going to go with uh, Voistress. He's going to be calling out a lot early. So we're going to be hearing him. You know, rough shot. <laughs> this guy is going to dominate the draft. I mean, this, I feel like he is going to be the pace setter. Um, <laughs> he is going to make everything tick in the early going. Um, I'm excited to see it. Um, he was very, very excited tonight talking about it. Um, he's going to be the one that makes the draft go early on. Yeah, he put in some work. Um, and, you know, there's a guy in our baseball league that bids on every player. Uh, months he throws a five dollar bid in on just about every player that comes in. I think Spears is our guy. <laughs> I think he's gonna yeah. put a bid in. He's gonna be looking to. He's not afraid to get stuck with someone because yeah. he's just he's out here to. He's got one hundred ninety one dollars to spend. Like I said, he's gonna spend it. He don't care. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he's gonna do tomorrow night. Yeah, I can see him get. I can see him getting three of the first five guys that are thrown. <laughs> Absolutely. I was gonna. I was thinking earlier. I forgot as it came to me. I should have written it down. I was gonna go with coherent as he's woken up from his 2015 hibernation. <laughs> Should be well rested and ready to rock and roll for this draft since he slept his fab away last year. Are we sure he knows how to spend fab? <laughs> Did he spend a dollar last year? He didn't. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure about anything about him? No. Oh, that's going to be fun. Um, all right, Abusement Park, sure. Uh, he's an unknown one for me, but I'm going to go with Aggressive just because I think with the starting point he has the money he has allotted for the draft, I think he has to be aggressive. I'm going to go with the same exact word here. I'm just playing poker at his house with him. And just the way that he kind of got pushed around in our baseball draft in the first time he did it, I think that this time he's going to atone for that and he's going to come out firing. Um, Not positive, but I think that's the way it's going to go for him. I'm going to say paper champion. Um, I think he's going to come out tomorrow night with the best roster. um, And we'll see how it works out for him. Love is two keepers, obviously. I think he's in the best position of anybody in the draft. He's only $25 back of the leader. Um, I think he's going to have a nice team after tomorrow night. And, you know, he's he's a guy that's ready for this. You know, he is a competitive dude. And um, I think he's looking, to, he's looking to make some noise this year. So, Abusement Park um, is my preseason favorite heading into the draft. The next guy is probably the player who's most people's preseason favorite. Um, he is the guy that wants to beat Shane more than me, um, and only more than me. Uh, Papa Cos, St. Louis Patriots. I had the pleasure of sitting next 
Papa Kaz last year. And at that end of the table, there's a lot of under-breath comments. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of humor behind every throw, every bid, every acquisition of a player. Um, and because you said he wants to beat Shane more than anyone, I'm going to go with conniving. And I even looked up the book definition. Given to or involved in conspiring to do something immoral, illegal, or harmful. <laughs> Well, I've been waiting for this one all night. It's easy for me, and the word is bully. <laughs> he is going to bully as many people as he can in this draft. Um, pretty much no different than he did last year. He's, he's going to be trying to push people around, um, bid people up. That's kind of his style. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Papa Cos. I'm going to say commanding, uh, just because he, he's going to command the room tomorrow night. Um, like you said, Ed, he's, got, he's not afraid to make a comment about anyone or anything <laughs> in the room. Um, he'll probably talk a lot of shit on Butler and Spears because um, they just have the personalities that seem to egg my dad on a little bit. Um, and he is going to be just coming after me and Shane all night. So uh, after Spears, this is the most excited person I am to um, for me to be in the room with tomorrow night. He has not forgotten um, week 15. Let's just put it that way. When me and you did some... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to call it backhanded. We, we, want, we did some things that we wanted to win. A little more than him, I think. So, um, Well, maybe not more than him. Nobody wants to win more than my dad. But it's going to be fun watching him in that room tomorrow night. Um, that you were going to say something. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's absolutely going to be fun. Uh, I was going to say it's it's going to be interesting. Now that we've drafted with everyone, I mean, obviously, Bull, this is the first time, but yeah. we've drafted with everyone, you kind of pick up on maybe what their strategy is. Maybe, obviously, some teams are going to change what they do, but for the most part, some most people have a, a basic strategy that they, they kind of stick to for the most part. Um, so it's going to be, can you pick up on that? Is there going to be more bidding up of players that, hey, I know he likes this guy, I know this is a typical player that he goes after, maybe I can bid him up for an extra $5 even though I don't necessarily want that guy. Um, that's going to be a key for me to see if, if that goes on. I mean, I, I know I plan on doing it with, with some players that I feel like I have a good read on, but hey, sometimes you hit on it and maybe sometimes you miss. Yeah, that's one thing I'm not sure if he's going to be bidding up on players this year because he got stuck with Rodgers last year and that was the one thing that he regretted from last year's draft. Um, so we'll see. Last team, Fleetwood franchise, the only two-man team in the league. They're, they claim they're ready for this year. They, they put in four hours last weekend, Ty told me. So I was talking with Mick a little bit today, too. They, they claim they're ready. What do you guys think about the Fleetwood franchise? I think, to start off with them, I think this might be a team that I may have overlooked when we kind of did our behind-the-eight-ball uh, categories. I'm down on Hopkins. I might be the only guy around that's down on him, but I think with Lamar Miller getting 20 touches a game and uh, other receivers finally being on the field like Will Fuller, I'm down on him, down on Mark Ingram as well. So I think we overlooked that. Uh, but to get back on topic, I'll go with conservative. We touched on it earlier. Um, they've openly admitted they regretted everything that happened with the overspending on the defense in Seattle. And um, 
they felt like they put themselves at a disadvantage with what they paid for Brown. Um, so I think they're going to be a little bit more conservative and try and build a deeper squad. I'm going to go with cohesive. Um, last year it seemed like seemed like year. last year it seemed like it was I was going to go with argumentative, yeah. <laughs> but it, it seemed like last year that they they argued on on a bunch of uh, different picks that they made. They weren't on the same page. So I'm thinking this year they're going to be a little more cohesive. Maybe uh, they ironed out some of their their details and going in that they're on, they're on the same page as far as what they want to do. Yeah. Um, so just going back to last year, you know, Mike Tyson famously said, "Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth." And I think when Ty bid 10 on the Seahawks last year, Mick got punched in the mouth. <laughs> I think Mick had a plan, and they I think they had a plan, and Ty decided he wanted to go away from the plan when he made that <laughs> bid. And the, after he said $10 out of nowhere for the Seahawks D, things just unraveled for them really quickly. The thing that I want to say about their team last year, um, if I can go back to what they, they had last year... Um, I feel like they left the draft with a decent team, and I think that their season looks very differently if Jeremy Hill was good. Um, they, they invested highly in Jeremy Hill at 37 bucks, and obviously they hit on Brown until the Big Ben injury, but if Hill, if Hill can carry the workload for them last year, they probably don't feel like they have to move Brown, and then maybe they're in a different spot because they were teetering on potentially making the playoffs. So... Um, these two guys are two of the smartest people I know, um, book smart at least, so I know that they're going to be ready for tomorrow. Um, just wonder if they get punched in the mouth again, if they're going to, how they're going to respond to that. Because I think you always, everyone always goes into an auction with a plan until that first haywire bid, and then things just get really uncomfortable, so... Um, it just depends if they're on the good, good or bad side of that first haywire bid again. So, all right, um, we are at the hour mark, but I'm gonna ask you guys for a bold prediction for tomorrow night. One bold prediction um, to kick off what will be our 2016 series of bold predictions in the podcast. And I. Yeah, I just completely blindsided you guys with that, so let's give it a minute. <laughs> um, I think we see... I'll go with two quarterbacks go over $15. Only two? Yeah. Who do you think they are? Luck and Rodgers. Top two quarterbacks in last year's draft. Only three quarterbacks went over fifteen dollars last year. Um, I suppose that bold. I thought it was more than that. Yeah, I was gonna say ten, but I don't think it gets to that number. I'm gonna go with Antonio Brown goes for more than eighty-five dollars. Oh, that was my. I was tossing around saying Antonio Brown goes for more than eighty is my full prediction, but I knew you wanted that one. All right. Um, my bold prediction is that no more than $250 is spent as a league on bench players. 
So there's 72 bench players to be to be picked. I don't think we get over an average of four dollars per bench player. That's a good one. That'll be tough. That'll be interesting to calculate. At the end. I don't know. I, I, you know, I think it's pretty clear that if Butler had done a couple things a little smarter, he runs away with this league last year. And I think he really and Papakaz too. I mean, they were the two best teams for a majority of the season. Um, I think they made some mistakes earlier in this early middle season with their fab money that allowed me and you to kind of push past them because when guys were available at the end of the year, we had the money to go get them. Um, and I think that they clearly set the bar that this is a stars and scrubs league. <laughs> so um, that's my opinion, and I think a lot of the league is caught on to that. So I think. People are going to be spending on their starters, and the bench is going to be very fluid. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I certainly see it being more aggressive than last year. Um, yeah, just by nature. I mean, the first time everyone's doing it, it's kind of you're kind of feeling out process. But now that everyone's seen it once, uh, it's definitely going to be a little more aggressive, especially in the early going. Yeah. All right, so we are now um, nineteen and a half hours away from draft day. Best day of the year, uh, at least in fantasy football season, it's the best day of the year. Can't wait to see all you guys tomorrow, um, and we'll see who will be number one in the preseason power rankings that will be released um, sometime next week. So, signing off for Red Triangle Sports uh, for the Sons of Fantasy Football League Draft Preview Part 2. I'm Matt Kozlowski. Thanks to Eddie Mitchum and Shane Stein for joining me. And uh, we're looking to have some fun tomorrow night. And we'll definitely have a draft recap podcast for everyone in the league, too. So, uh, like I said, look forward to drafting with everybody tomorrow night. Good luck and uh, have fun this season.